I made it. <laughs> you know, listen to those testimonies today. It's really underlined the song that we sang earlier when we said the goodness of the Lord is running after us. Amen. And not only does it run after us, the goodness of God overtakes us. Hallelujah. So we're blessed. Amen. God is good. Glory Give thanks to the Lord for his good. Amen. For his mercies endureth forever. As Pastor Paul said at the very beginning, today is a day to give thanks. We've got so much to be thankful to God for. For our health, for our well-being, for his keeping us through these difficult times. And I'm sure all of us would want to acknowledge that, that God's goodness and his care and his love for each one of us. This morning, as I begin, I'd like just to remind us of something. It was prompted by something that Michael said last week, before he gave his message. It wasn't part of the message, but his introduction. And I think it's important for all of us, those who preach, teach, and those who receive the preaching and the teaching, which I guess includes us all. Just like to read three quick verses. So that we may find a true context of how we receive God's word. Three verses from the book of 2 Corinthians. I won't expound on them, just receive them. First one is 2 Corinthians 3 verse 5. Which says, Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. Amen. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, jars of clay, that this all-surpassing power is from God Amen. and not from us. Amen. And 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Paul speaking. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. So everything that we do, we do for his glory. And we don't do it in our power, we do it in his power. And if we have any competence, that competence comes from God. So whatever you receive from the preaching, receive it from God Amen. and not from a man. Is that good? Yes. Amen. Let's do that. I want to concentrate on two verses from Proverbs 4. We're going to have a look at lots of other scriptures. But Proverbs 4 is my main text. Verses 18 and 19. Let's read those first and then we'll proceed with the message. Proverbs 4, 18 and 19. <coughs> the path of the righteous 
is like the first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. As most of you will know, most of us will know, the book of Proverbs is a book of wisdom. And it's, it's a book of contrasts and a book of comparisons. And this morning we want to have a look at this contrast between the path of the righteous and the way of the wicked. So let's begin. The path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. So the path of the righteous can be described as a progressive revelation of the glory and majesty of God. And that revelation becomes brighter as each day passes. So the path of the righteous is a path of revelation, of God's goodness, of God's purpose. First of all, who are the righteous? Who are we speaking of? How do we define them? Romans 1.17 tells us, For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. So the righteous are not the self-righteous. Righteousness comes from God. The scripture says, not having my own righteousness, but the righteousness which comes from God. The righteous are those who have received their righteousness from God. This righteousness that comes by faith from first to last. It begins in faith, it continues in faith, and it's completed in faith. Faith from first to last. Genesis 15.6 tells us that Abraham believed the Lord and he, that is the Lord, credited it to him, to Abraham, as righteousness. Abraham was not righteous because of anything that he had done. Abraham became righteous because he believed God and God credited to him that as righteousness those who are righteous are those who believe God they have received his righteousness and in believing God they put their faith and trust in him that's who the righteous are the right path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. So, what is the path of the righteous? We understand who the righteous are. What is the path of the righteous? Psalm 1611. You have made known to me the path of life. That's what David says. 
And Solomon, Proverbs 14.2 There is a way, or a path, that seems right to a man, or to a woman. But in the end, it leads to death. So there are two paths then. A path of life, and a path which leads to death. And the path of the righteous is the path that leads to life. And God is the author and source of that life. And only God can make that path known. Romans 1.17 The righteous will live by faith. The path of the righteous is a life lived by and according to faith in God. But what does that look like? How is that manifested? This is what it means. That my motivations, my desires and my decisions are all submitted to the will and purpose of God. It means that God is my first priority. It means that God has first claim on my life. That's what it means to walk according to the path of the righteous. Now let's contrast that with the way of the wicked. Proverbs 4.19 But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. So who are the wicked? How shall we define them? If we go to Genesis 6-5, we find a description of those who are the wicked. This is what Genesis 6-5 says. The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become. And that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. Inclinations are likings, tendencies and preferences. The wicked are those whose thoughts are inclined towards evil. It's a continuous thinking way of thinking. It's a mindset continuously. It says all the time their thoughts were evil. And inevitably those thoughts are realised. Evil thinking becomes evil action and evil behaviour. First of all it's formed in the heart. There is no wickedness except it's conceived in the heart. And God says that every inclination of the thoughts of their hearts were wicked. It's amazing, isn't it? That wickedness should be conceived in the heart of a man, the heart of a woman. That every inclination of our hearts should turn towards wickedness. Evil is anything that contradicts or opposes God's character or God's purpose. Evil opposes God. 
It sets itself up against God. And if you know the story of Lucifer in heaven, when he rebelled against God, his heart was turned against God, and wickedness proceeded from there. So we have to be careful. We have to keep our hearts pure and not allow any wickedness to be conceived in our hearts. Jeremiah 17.9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Interesting, isn't it? Our hearts are so desperately wicked that we're not even able to understand the wickedness that is there. So Proverbs 4.19 says, But the way of the wicked is like the deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. The way of the wicked is uncertain. They can't see where they're going. They don't have the light or the revelation that comes from God to guide them. So they stumble in darkness. They don't have the knowledge that the word of God brings that the Spirit of God gives. So the wicked stumble in darkness. And their lives are prone to dangers, misunderstandings and obstacles. But God is our light and he shows us the way. So how is this relevant to me? What's this all got to do with me? Why should this concern me? It's because God is looking for distinctiveness. As we said, there are two paths. The path of the righteous and the way of the wicked. And God is looking for distinctive people. We have to make a choice. Do we go on the path of the righteous or do we choose the way of the wicked? There's a distinct difference between the two and we have to make that choice. Remember Joshua when he said to the people, choose this day whom you will serve. Every one of us has a choice to make every day. Do we follow the path of the righteous or do we follow the way of the wicked? This obviously seems like an obvious thing to say, that there are two paths. But we have to be mindful because sometimes we can follow the path without even realising it. We can get ourselves away from the path that we should be on. Sometimes it's all too easy to lose our way. Often the distinctions becomes blurred. And that shouldn't be. We should be people who are the salt of the earth, who remain with that saltiness, with that savour of God. We have to be careful that we don't become like the lights that don't shine in the world. Because not only is God looking for this distinctiveness, so also is the world. People are looking to us to be lights in the world, to be the salt of the earth, to make a difference. And those who choose the path of the righteous are those who really make a difference in this world. I wrote this down. If there is no apparent difference between the righteous, that is, those who know God, 
and the wicked, those who do not know God. What becomes of our testimony? If I'm no different to my neighbour, what really is my testimony? If I say to my neighbour, isn't it wonderful the difference that God has made to my life? And he looks at me and says, yes, but you live no different to the way I do. What becomes of my testimony? My testimony is my distinction that God has made me to be. I have taken on God's righteousness. He's changed me from what I was to what he wants me to be. And that is my testimony of what God has done in my life. So we have to be careful that we don't allow the lines to become blurred. The distinctions must be apparent. So let's make every effort as those who are righteous to be righteous and live righteously. Are you choosing that path? The path of righteousness. And why are these distinctions important? Let's look at the different outcomes. Proverbs 4.19 The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. Darkness represents a lack of revelation, a lack of understanding. The wicked have no sense of God's goodness. They're not aware of God's intervention into the world for our good. Isn't it amazing that God is so good and yet the wicked are not aware of that? That's why, as we said, we must give thanks to God because we must be aware of his goodness and give thanks because there are some who don't understand that. They're not even aware of God's goodness. They live in darkness. Their perception of reality is always flawed, always imperfect. It must be awful to live in darkness, to not be aware of God's goodness, to not see things as they really are. God gives us revelation by his word. He gives us understanding. He gives us wisdom for our good. They stumble because they cannot see where they are going. The wicked live in perpetual darkness. And worse than that, they do not fully understand the consequences of their wickedness. But this is by their choice. Wickedness is a choice. It's not something that happens to me. It's a path that I choose. They choose to live in their wickedness rather than come to the light. The light that God brings. The light that only God can give. Jesus says in John 3.19 This is the verdict Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light, 
because their deeds were evil. The way of the wicked is doomed to failure. Psalm 9.17 The wicked shall be turned into hell. But always remember, wickedness is a choice. Many people say, why does God send people to hell? Why would a loving God do that? But we have to understand that hell is a choice. Men love wickedness. And the end of that is death. It's a choice that is made. No one is turned into hell against their will. It's interesting, isn't it? So no one will be able to say, God, why are you doing this to me? You are unjust. God will say, it's the choice that you made. So let's choose wisely. Let's choose the path of the righteous. And what's the outcome of the righteous? Proverbs 4.18 The path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. The path of the righteous is a path of increasing knowledge of the goodness of God of increasing holiness, of increasing joy. The pathway of the righteous is like a progression. We are changed from glory to glory. Every day we are being conformed to the image of God's Son. As we go along this path of righteousness, God is developing our character. We're becoming more and more like Jesus every day. And as the sun increases in brightness from the first gleam of dawn to the full brightness of the day, so the righteous, increasing in the knowledge of God, increase in holiness and increase in joy. 2 Peter 3.18 tells us, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. This is a pathway of continual development. We haven't got there yet. We're still in the process. But as we travel along this path, God will lead us on. And he will form in us the character of his son. And we will become more like Jesus. But always remember, we're on a pathway. It's not a runway. Don't be in a hurry. This is a gradual development. Don't rush ahead of God. He takes us along the path. And as we hold his hand, as we are guided by him, as we receive his light, he develops us into the people that he wants us to be. So never be in a rush. We're on a pathway, not a runway. And not only do we develop in our knowledge of the goodness of God, 
In 2 Corinthians 7, 1, Paul says that we are to perfect holiness out of reverence for God. And Peter says, 1 Peter 1, 16, quoting Leviticus, God says, be holy, for I am holy. That's our end point. We may not be there yet, but that is where God is taking us to, so that we may be holy, just as he is holy. As the righteous travel along the path of life, they continue to develop and perfect holiness out of reverence for God. 1 John 1 4, the Apostle says, We write these things to make your joy complete. John writes regarding the word of life, the eternal life, which was with the Father, the one who appeared, the one whom John now proclaims. And the purpose of his message is to encourage his readers and thereby to make their joy complete. And as John wrote, so it is with us. As we travel along the path of righteousness, as the light of the glory of God becomes brighter from day to day, we also should be increasing in knowledge of God. We should be increasing in holiness. And our joy should be continuing to be developed and to become complete in God. So let's choose today. Choose this day whom we will serve. Let's choose to walk along the path of righteousness. Because there is an expected end, isn't there? The righteous have an expected end. God has prepared something better for us. So let's continue to persevere. At the moment we're going through difficult times, aren't we? But let's continue. Let's continue to trust God. Because as he takes us along this pathway, he will complete all his purposes in our lives. Let's close with that verse 18 again. This is God's desire and this is God's purpose for each one of us. Proverbs 4.18 The path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. So may God bless each one of us as we travel along this path, as the light becomes brighter from day to day. Let's continue, let's persevere. God bless you all. Amen.